I'm Sam Logan, and you're listening to The Story Is, a podcast where we talk about the past, the present, and the personal. This week, the story is I've Got Another Guest. And this one, well, I wouldn't call her a guest, really a co-host, co-host in, in life. This is my wonderful wife, Katie. Hi. And we are going to be treading on a little bit of everything, uh, the past, the present, and the personal. But I guess the topic, if you're looking for it, is Jack the Ripper. Which is a very romantic topic, isn't it? <laughs> Light, lighthearted. I wanted to yeah, cover this, you know, a famous serial killer, and I figured, mm-hmm. who better than my wife? <laughs> it's maybe the most romantic conversation we've ever had. Yeah. Yeah. It was it's so because it's very romantic because we learned about Jack the Ripper mm-hmm. on our honeymoon. You know, it's what all couples strive for on their honeymoon <laughs> is to take a Jack the Ripper walking tour in mm-hmm. London and talk about murder and death and gore. Yeah, and it's uh, we have a very interesting story for you because it's kind of like a story within a story within a story because <laughs> we we have some Jack the Ripper stories for you within the fact that we learned about them on our honeymoon. <laughs> And Jack the Ripper is a really interesting story to begin with, but the individuals who told us these stories are possibly more fascinating. Yes. Yeah. They're really interesting. So now before we get started on our story and everything, should we probably cover Jack the Ripper itself, like the overall storyline of what events we're talking about before we get into the all the theories and details. Okay, so let's give a really quick overview of Jack the Ripper. So for anybody who's not familiar with Jack the Ripper, it was a series of murders that happened in the area of Whitechapel in London in starting in 1888. It was five weeks, five victims, and it was terrifying. So here's the quick breakdown. You have to imagine this area of London at this time was incredibly poor. And the women who were victimized were prostitutes. Now, if anybody's ever seen movies like um, From Hell, the Johnny Depp movie, Mm -hmm. this was an interesting point that one of our tour guides made was that, you know, Heather Graham, one of the most beautiful people in the entire world, played one of these women. But that is a very inaccurate depiction of these women who were the poorest of the poor probably infested with fleas Mm -hmm. i want anyone listening to please forgive the sounds of puppy from the other room the puppy is very very upset to be left in the other room yes um okay so very very poor area and very destitute women who were prostitutes and most of them were drug addicts, alcoholics, just having the roughest time. Very vulnerable. Um, so, in 1888, the first victim was Mary Nichols. Mary Nichols was found at 3.40 in the morning on August 31st, 1888. One of the similarities between most of the victims, and I say most because there's one outlier here, Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to say anything yet. I'm going to kind of leave it a little bit mysterious. So, most of the victims were found cut up, Mm -hmm. and not just hacked, but with surgical precision. So, Mary Nichols was found at 3.40 a.m., opened up with... And everybody had pieces missing. So typically it was either the liver, the kidney, or the uterus was missing from Mm. these bodies. It's horrific. So she was found 3.40 a.m., August 31st, 1888. Hacked to pieces. Okay. Next. Again, lighthearted. Mm -hmm. Feel good. Feel good story. All right. Annie Chapman was found at 6 a.m. on September 8th. 1888. Again, torn apart. Mm-hmm. Next, Elizabeth Stride was found at 1 a.m. 
on September 30th, 1888. Here's the thing. She was not mutilated at all. Huh? (laughs) What happened to her then? Whoa. All right, we'll come back to her. After Elizabeth, Catherine Eddowes was found at 1.45 a.m. on September 30th. So let me go back one. Elizabeth Stride found 1 a.m. September 30th. Catherine Eddowes found 1.45 September 30th. Hmm. Catherine Eddowes was perhaps one of the most savagely mutilated bodies found. Hmm. Elizabeth Stride was not mutilated. Oh. Okay, so if the audience has not put it together yet, we're going to come back to it. And then the last victim was Mary Kelly. Mary Kelly was found at 10.45 a.m. November 9th, 1888. A little over five weeks, five bodies, and they were pretty spaced out. So can you even imagine what it must have been like to be one of the women who were in this area? Mm -hmm. You know, unfortunately... They're a prostitute. They gotta go out and make their money so that they yep. have a place to stay, so they have a roof over their head. Yep. So they have to go out there. Could you imagine the risk you feel like you're taking mm-hmm. with this serial killer? Yeah. On the loose. Oof. Meanwhile, journalists are receiving letters from quote Jack the Ripper. Yeah. Taunting them. Right, with a forwarding address from hell. So then, right. So then. There's your, there's your quick overview. Mm-hmm. After Mary Kelly, the murders completely stop. What? Just, oh, mm. And that's weird, too. They yeah. just stop. What serial killer in the history of serial killers has ever just stopped killing people? And not gotten caught. Not gotten caught. So there, there is no spoiler here. There's no conclusion to this story if you're not familiar with jack the ripper jack the ripper was never caught or was he (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so that's the overview of jack the ripper the lovely romantic tale that we ran into on two occasions on our honeymoon so this is a story that i've been fascinated with for a really long time. So when we were going through different ideas of what to do on our honeymoon, just fun little random activities, yeah. I found this walking tour where because it all happened in London. For anyone who doesn't know, most of our honeymoon was spent in London. So we could actually walk around to all of the sites where yeah. these murders happened. Yeah. Something that really piqued my interest as a really morbid person, I guess. And it sounded interesting. So I was I was all going home for it too. It was it was a lot of fun. And now do we want to break it down uh tour by tour? Do we gonna to wanna to go? And then go with their theories? I think we should just talk a little bit more about the the important details here. Oh, okay. What are some what are some fascinating details? Aside, we talked about that it suddenly just stops. We talked about how there is not a lot of time between one of those murders and why. Do we want to talk about that? Let's go back to that. Okay. okay. So Elizabeth Stride found one a.m. September thirtieth, and then Catherine Eddowes found one forty-five a.m. Mm. September thirtieth. This brings up a few interesting points. Sure does. Do you want to share the first one? Well, the first one would be the first victim that I believe we're talking about. The only thing that happened to her was that her throat was cut, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then 45 minutes later, that mm-hmm. other victim you were talking about was horribly mutilated. Yes. Why? Why was Elizabeth Stride not mutilated? Because she was so nice. <laughs> Lucky Lizzie. Right. Or it could have been that somebody was about to catch the murderer and he, Jack the Ripper didn't have enough time to do what he normally does. Yes. Yes, exactly. That is exactly it. The murderer was interrupted. Yeah. 
So that's the first point. Mm -hmm. She would have been mutilated, but the murder was interrupted. So somewhere out there, there was a witness. Right. Because someone came upon this body immediately after she was killed. Right. So that's the first point. The second point is when we are talking about surgical precision, Mm -hmm. 45 minutes between finding these bodies. So in 45 minutes, he first fled the scene. Mm -hmm. Secondly, found the next victim. Yep. Thirdly, somehow found his way into her apartment. Yep. Because this was the other one, the... Or was it Mary Kelly? Actually, you know what? I might be. Is the very last one the worry? Is the very last one worry gets her through the window or something? Or they saw they the, I, they got him in the apartment, right? I thought it was Catherine Eddowes because her face was really mutilated, and wasn't that the one that was in the apartment? I think so. So, regardless, he fled the scene. He found the new victim. He somehow yeah. got her to lower her guard mm-hmm. in order to kill her. Kill her mutilate her with surgical precision find Mm -hmm. her uterus take her uterus the whole thing in 45 minutes so that's one of the details to finding the suspects is somebody with medical knowledge right and not just a little bit right they gotta know what they're doing yeah i think so Yeah. yeah Yeah, so this has got to be a very skilled, I would say skilled surgeon, Mm -hmm. to be able to disembowel somebody in less than 45 minutes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. You've got to know what you're looking for. Yeah. And you've got to, you know it's there. Yeah. And that's not common knowledge in 1888. Right. Also, these bodies were found so much earlier than the other ones. Anyway, it's fascinating. So, the other interesting thing was that one of our tour guides pointed out was the letters that a lot of people use as evidence without any grains of salt taken um, were very likely sent by journalists themselves to sell papers. Yeah, because that would definitely sell. If you had... If you've got a letter from, you know, the Night Stalker saying, hey, you'll never catch me. Right. People would be fascinated. Suddenly newspapers would be relevant again. Right. Right. So, so let's just describe this person. So whoever Jack the Ripper is, mm-hmm. we've already discovered that they must have surgical knowledge. Yep. What else? They're probably uh, really great at talking with people. They're probably really charming. Mm-hmm. Now, in order to get a woman to lower her guard and go off into an alley with you where you can murder her in private, mm-hmm. probably handsome. Mm-hmm. And, unas- and non-threatening. Non-threatening. Mm-hmm. Nice. In order to do all of this. Especially in... 45 minutes. In 45 minutes, they probably got to be, you know, physically, I don't want to say necessarily fit, but probably on the younger side, Mm -hmm. probably not an old guy, right? Right. Probably a man. Yes. Um, what else? Anything else? Probably kind of wealthy because these are all prostitutes, so they probably think, you know, yeah, this is a really risky situation, and there is a serial killer out and about. But this guy, he's handsome, he's mm-hmm. nice, he seems safe, and he seems like he has money. Right. So I'm gonna take that risk because this could be my my whole nightly income. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So those are the assumptions that we are making. Yes. About this Jack the Ripper character. Right. Okay. Is there anything else that we want to cover? Hmm. I can't think of anything else that 
Uh, not without totally diving into one of the other theories. Okay, no, 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 we're not. Let's wait on because the theories. I'm, okay. Okay. Cause... So we took. <laughs> so we had. So we didn't take two Jack the Ripper tour. Like we're geeky, no. but we're not completely loony. No. Well, so... Yeah. One was a Jack the Ripper tour. One was a Jack the Ripper and everything terrible that's ever happened in London. Right. So one tour was an actual Jack the Ripper focused tour, and the other tour was called Blood and Tears, and it was all about. Um... Which also accurately describes the review section. <laughs> but oh. that's a whole other thing. Oh, it's so good. So, okay, so let's start with the first one. So the Jack the Ripper. Yeah. Tour. tour. Would you like to describe our tour guide? Oh, okay. Our tour guide for the Jack the Ripper tour was a nice stately gentleman with a proper a proper London gentleman that you would uh, you would you would expect to meet in London. So pretty much when we say we had a tour guide who specializes in the Jack the Ripper walking tour in London. This guy is exactly who you're picturing right now. Yes. He describes himself as a ripperologist. Yes. Because yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a study of, that's a field of study. Yeah. Jack the Ripper. He's a <laughs> ripperologist. And also uh, in, the Ripper, in the Jack the Ripper tour, they were very proud to let you know of the Ripper vision. Oh, yeah. And what was the Ripper vision? <laughs> so he had this little pocket projector mm-hmm. where he would periodically show us the autopsy photos. And hold on, folks. I have to warn you, this will be gruesome. Yeah. And so <laughs> there were a couple of times where he would be projecting autopsy photos and poor pedestrians would just be walking by and you just hear them go, oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh. Yeah, people who are not part of the tour, they're just trying to get home and suddenly they see this old-timey picture of a dead person who's been gutted. It's like, oh. not consent to this. Oh, I'm, I'm not going to have, I'm, I was going to go to Boots and now I'm not going to go to Boots. I'm just going to go home. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so that was, it was the the Ripper vision, and he was uh, very organized. Oh yeah, and he was sassy. Oh, he would not put up with any uh, of the rabble. Yeah, of London. Would be, people would be walking by, and they'd just say something snotty under their breath, and he would just, "Well, I'm going to call the cops." <laughs> yeah, our our very first stop, there was some folks uh, like a few feet away, maybe thirty feet away, right? And they may have had some music. Teenagers. Yeah, had, yeah, maybe had some music playing, and they were they were just talking and being kind of. We could hear them. They're being rowdy a little bit. Yeah, they're being teenagers. But he said, uh, and he's and he's doing the tour, and in mid tour he says, and if these folks behind us give us any trouble, I will call the police, <laughs> and keeps going. <laughs> and here on this spot, sometimes you <laughs> folks see a ghost. <laughs> if you'd like to take a picture of this spot. That's true. He did He did encourage everybody to take a picture of the ground. And Sam looks at me and he says, do you want to take a picture? And I said, no. You don't want a picture I of the want, ground? I don't yeah. want a picture of the ground. And I think that it's not necessarily where this woman, this poor woman, died. I think that all of the tour guides actually have a nightly bet as to how many people <laughs> they can get to take a picture of the ground. I got five idiots to take a picture of the ground tonight. <laughs> how many did you get? Right. So there was that. Um, and he, what is it? he also described uh, the price of prostitution and oh, what yeah. it was, how oh, much yeah. it was in 1888. And you know what, folks? It's about the same much. It's about the same today. Yeah. Adjusting for inflation, it's about $20. We were like, how do you... Excuse me, sir. And How do you know? He knows the price. He also knows the location. Yeah. Because we went to one of those alleys and he said, and folks, this is still one of the places where it happens. So you might want to not touch the walls. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. <laughs> say no more, say no more. This proper English gentleman is a man of the world. <laughs> yeah. Right. So that was... That was the Jack the Ripper tour. Now, do we want to get into his theory? I think we should save the theories for the end. Oh, we've okay. Got three. Right. Yeah, we do have three. Um, so that was that was the Jack the Ripper tour. Yes. 
So that was the Jack the Ripper tour. So then later on in our trip, we took the Blood and Tears walk. Yes. And this is, so there's this one tour guide in London. His name is Declan. Declan McHugh. Declan McHugh. And he is, I think he is the highest rated tour guide on TripAdvisor. He, period. He should be if he isn't. I think he is. And um, he does two different walking tours. Mm-hmm. And we ended up having to change some plans kind of last minute. And <laughs> we ended up signing up for both tours because mm. one was a Shakespeare tour. And I was not about to pass that up. And it's the highest rated Shakespeare tour. And then the other one was this Blood and Tears walk, which seemed like fun, which we were planning on doing anyway. Right. So we had the Blood and Tears walk, and then we figured we'd take the Shakespeare tour the next day. So here we go, heading to Blood and Tears with Declan McHugh, hoping that he's great, as great right. as TripAdvisor says, mm-hmm. because we get a double dose of Declan. Yeah. So. <laughs> hopefully he's good so we show up and i would say there were probably 12 people on this tour yeah about and walking tour is probably not the most accurate way to describe it it's yeah, more what, of a what, running i was gonna tour. say what speed would you call this walking tour <laughs> yeah yeah, part of the uh, adventure was trying to keep up with Declan. Right, because in contrast to our other Jack the Ripper tour, the guy was very thorough about making sure everyone was together. He turned around to make sure we all crossed at the same time. And on that one, we were walking down a lot of side streets and alleyways because mm-hmm. those were the main streets. Kind of like the way San Francisco is today, where right. you know those little alleyways that cars can't fit down used to be streets right and it's the same thing in london so so most of these places that we were walking to for jack the ripper were really small and we didn't have a lot of main streets to cross but right in the blood and tears walk we did we were downtown oh <laughs> so it was a lot yeah because the the pace was here's declan's move and he's he's a great tour guide but every but the the, the tour starts at the exit to the underground Mm -hmm. and then okay everyone everyone's together let's go three blocks yeah yeah and then the tour is gonna start yeah and you better keep up now he turns around and he watches but i mean he's moving at a good pace yeah but gosh he's so dynamic so energetic is we are not sponsored by declan McHugh, by the way but if you are ever in london take one of his tours because it's really funny and really fun yeah he's a very nice guy yeah he's super nice and he has this energy and enthusiasm for his tour and then he Mm -hmm. mentions he's been doing it for like 19 years yes and it's amazing he's not bored and tired of his gig but he's really great so he's giving us this tour and i would say about a quarter of it was jack the ripper yeah i felt like it was a good amount yeah it was a good amount because he told us disturbing stories about this one guy i saw in the neighborhood yeah but the so the place where they said take a phone yeah and I saw this one guy and he had a skull in his window. So and tell me what you think. What do you, yeah. And he had a lot of questions like, it was, all right. it was good how we kept us involved in the tour. Like, yeah. it was like, all right, I want you to picture this guy. He asked a lot of questions that nobody had any answer. What do you think he looks like? I don't, he looks like your neighbor. I don't know. You've given me no information. Right. Um, okay. So the, so going back to the first tour when they had us take a picture of the ground like idiots <laughs> um that was where elizabeth stride was found okay was on the ground when declan took us on a tour he also pointed out where elizabeth stride was killed and it was a different place <laughs> i was gonna say i feel like we didn't go to that spot <laughs> it was a totally different area right it was the same. I mean, same area, but completely different. Like other side of the building. Right. Yeah. I. I it made felt, me giggle a little bit. I yeah. I was wondering that too. When it's when we were all sitting on the railing. Mm-hmm. And he was like, right here. He's like, wait, this was not the ground that I took a photo. Of. <laughs> Just kidding. I did not take a photo of the. I'm not gonna see a ghost here. <laughs> I was told there would be ghosts here. Apparently, there's a ghost over there. Is it not Jack the Ripper related? <laughs> There are no kids with music over here. I think we're in the wrong place. (laughs) Um, Okay, so there's a little rundown of our two different tours, Mm -hmm. which were 
pretty hilarious. Yep. We were trying not to giggle audibly. Right. Um, and a little breakdown of the murders. So, is there anything else that we need to cover other than the fact that the Shakespeare tour was also wonderful? It was a great tour. Shout out, Declan. Um, was there anything else that we needed to cover about Jack the Ripper before we go into our three suspects? I think that's about it. I can't think of... Uh, oh, aside from... Well, at least with the with the Jack the Ripper tour, it was it was great. While we were while we would go from like place to place, Declan liked to make conversation. Mm-hmm. He'd be like, "So, what's like your what's like your favorite music? Somebody, somebody, Shut tell me. let's let's have some." He was like, he really wanted to make connections with people. Let's have a good time. As he's running away from us. <laughs> so, what's your favorite music? <laughs> favorite actors, go! Oh. oh, what about the the. And I'm using very heavy air quotes here of the gift shop of the first walking tour. Oh my! The Jack the, the Jack walking the walking tour. Oh, and the guy had his whole routine with the book. Oh my gosh! And the book was really just laminated pages in a binder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty cute. Yeah. Kind of wanted to just get one just because he was doing a really good job. He was doing his hustle very well. Um, okay, so we have three suspects that we're going to talk about. Yeah. But really, there are about a hundred different suspects. Right, including. hundred different theories. Yeah, one of my favorite random ones that they just toss off Oscar Wilde. Yeah. It's like, why? When? When did he have time when? to murder? How? If you can tell me how, I will listen to your story. Right. Um,. But we've narrowed it down to three. And the reasons are one is just too good to leave out. Yeah. Um, And then the other two are the theories of each of our tour guides. Mm-hmm. And as ripperologists, we value MD. what they have to say. <laughs> <laughs> but... They don't just hand that degree out. <laughs> you have to go to ripperology school. To become a ripperologist. <laughs> Get your ripperology degree. You have to go on to jacktheripper.com and print that sucker out. <laughs> yeah. Lots of work. Move the tassel. You are but, now a ripperologist. But all joking aside, the yes. first guy said that he has been doing that for over 20 years. Yes. And not just the tours that he has been studying. He's been studying Jack, Jack the, the Ripper. Ripper. For 20 years and mm-hmm. that he's an authority and he's been interviewed on the topic several times. Yeah, and plus he he knows, like, people... Let's, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I guess it doesn't he, really affect our thing, but... He says he kind of has a source. He has a source. And we'll... I think the source will make more sense after we go through the theory. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Declan also has been doing this for 19 years, wrote a book, mm-hmm. and has also been interviewed on the topic as an expert yes. several times for like documentaries and things like that. So, mm-hmm. so all joking aside, I think that these theories are really fascinating theories and yeah. hold some weight. So should we go into the first one? Let's jump in. So... The first one, I actually want to go to the bottom of the list here that I have. Okay, yeah. Because it's just really good. Oh, yes. I I was tempted, I tell you, once I heard, if it's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. I was tempted to do a a podcast just on this theory alone because it just sounded too good to be true. Okay, so his name is Thomas Neil Cream. And I'm going to let you talk about him. Oh, okay. And I have some facts here, but you probably already know them. Oh, okay. Well, the I'm just going to go with the best thing about him. Go for it. Is that Thomas Neil Cream is a uh, he's arrested and he's convicted of, of being a murderer. Mm-hmm. And he's about to be hung. Mm-hmm. And before he's hung, <gasps> before he dies, he what? says, I am Jack. That meaning I'm Whoa. Jack the Ripper. And everyone was thrown into a frenzy. What? And he's dead. No answers, no nothing. Just, I'm Jack the Ripper. Dead. That's Crazy. how he leaves this world. Crazy. It's like somebody saying, I shot Kennedy, and then dying. Right. So this is the only known person who's admitted. This is right. the only person 
who has admitted to being a killer. Yeah, Oscar Wilde never admitted it. Not once. Too Nobody busy. else has straight up said, I'm Jack the Ripper. Right. No one else has been convicted. Nope. Nothing. So this guy to say, I'm Jack the Ripper. Yeah. Crazy. Everybody thrown into a panic. They right. have no answers. So some other facts about Thomas Neal Cream. Mm-hmm. He's an American guy. Right. He's an American guy who is a murderer. Yes. And he poisons people. Mm-hmm. So he's in America poisoning people. He gets arrested. Yep. Um, but he does not get sentenced to death for his crime. Right. That's right. He serves his time, doesn't he? He serves... Sometime, yeah, and then is released on good behavior. That's right, because he's so nice. Because he's so nice. He's such a psychopath. Uh-huh. He's playing everyone. Right. He's the guy who offers his lunch to everyone else, and he's so nice, and he's crazy. <laughs> and but he plays everyone. Yep. Gets out on good behavior, uh-huh. and decides to travel to London. So he travels to London. And then before you know it, people start getting poisoned again. Huh. <laughs> Crazy. Imagine that. that. Trouble follows me everywhere. Weird. And so then he is again convicted of murder in London, sentenced to death. Mm-hmm. And, and right before he dies, he says, I'm Jack the Ripper. Peace out. BT dubs Jack the Ripper. By the way. Jack the Ripper. Put on my headstone. So everybody, again, thrown into a panic. What? Jack the Ripper? We found him. We found Jack. We did it. Yay. High fives. Yeah. But is he? Is he? Well, we know. Are we going to go into the problems? So the problem is he has a pretty great alibi. Oh, what could it be? He was in jail in America. (laughs) During the five weeks when these women were murdered. So he's geographically impossible to be Jack the Ripper. That is what most sources say. Mm -hmm. There are some sources that say those records are incorrect. Ooh, that sounds fun. So that's why it's still a theory. It has not been completely disproven, but I personally think it's very unlikely. I think he was in jail. I do too, but I just love that so much. I think that he is so crazy and mm-hmm. he is such an a-hole <laughs> that, forgive me, that he just thought it would be fun. Right. That's, he I mean, wanted the attention. That's what, I, that's what I keep going back to is who does this? Unless you're actually Jack the Ripper, you're just... A psychopath. Right. Yep. That's what I think. Because he would, is just a narcissist, psychopath, crazy man. Who would think of this? Who would be like, you know what? Instead of, uh, you know, anyone else would be trying to come up with a way to exonerate themselves, a way to get out of it. He comes up with a way to do a big nuts to you guys on his way out into eternity. Yeah. I think he's just evil. But. Yeah. Not Jack Hasn't the Ripper. been completely disproved. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe. So we've included this in our list of theories. Yeah. So that's theory number one. Mm-hmm. Is Thomas Neal Cream, I am Jack. Okay. Theory number one in the book. Theory number two. Number two. Is the really fun one. Oh, yeah. I mean, as fun as murder and gore can possibly be. Which it may be. I've I never tried. Sounds like such a horrible person, but yeah. it's so interesting. It's fascinating. Okay. So, here is the... This is the really meaty theory. Mm. This is the theory of our first tour guide. Yes. Montague John Druitt. No. Oh, I no, I ruined it. Okay. That's okay. I completely screwed it up. That's so, okay. Montague. I don't think anyone's if you're taking notes, please cross that out 
and we're going to go with a different name. Here's the problem. When you take notes, try and put it in order so you don't have to go backwards. William Gull <laughs> is the one right. who is the really meaty, the really meaty one. Okay. Right. Half man, half seagull. So William Gull is one of Queen Victoria's physicians. Hmm. So he has a medical background. He is a surgeon. Hmm. So well, he knows... He knows Daisy exactly what he's doing. Daisy was very upset by that one. I feel like she picked she's, that one. She's barking. I think she's. Background. I think she's a William Gull uh, supporter. I think yeah. she thinks William Gull did it because she was deadly silent during the yeah. Doctor Crane part. Yeah. So. Which sounds like a guy who has his own donut restaurant. Oh, that's the other thing is Thomas Neal Cream isn't a doctor. Oh, that's right. He's not a doctor. Hmm. Okay. So William Gull is a doctor. Yep. He is a surgeon. And he is Queen Victoria's physician. Mm-hmm. Okay. Stay with us. So, here's the theory. There's this woman named Annie Crook. And Annie Crook, oh, she runs a shop. She's a Catholic woman who was once a prostitute and kind of worked her way up. By instead of staying in that area of London that was really destitute, she went to a, a nunnery, I believe, and but yeah, yeah, like yeah. Got, was was taken out of that and got a position running a shop. So right. she's still poor, um, but she's she's at, at least she's not a prostitute. Right, okay? status wise, she's turning it around. She's turning her life around. She's doing it. You get it, Annie Crook. So Annie Crook um, has an alleged affair with Prince Albert Victor. Mm. So Prince Albert and Annie Crook are in love. And he comes to the shop all the time to visit her. And it's just this really big to-do. And it's very dramatic. And it's mm. like really, really exciting. Oh, and it's like love, actually. It's, it's basically like any TV show we watch now. And <laughs> they end up having a baby together. Oh. A secret love child. Mm. So they can't really be together. So Annie's essentially a single mother. Mm-hmm. Poor. Right. With this kid and this secret affair. And she needs help taking care of the baby. Right. And help at the shop. She needs a governess. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. So she goes to the to her friends and everybody that has been taking care of her thus far and asks for some help. And they set her up with this young woman who lives nearby, Mary Kelly. Ah. Of all people. So we remember Mary Kelly is one of our victims. The final victim. That's, oh, that's right. Okay. Ooh. So Mary Kelly is the governess for mm-hmm. this little child for yeah. Annie Crook. And Mary Kelly sees Prince Albert coming and going and taking multiple carriages over and it's very secretive and mm-hmm. it's like all gossipy and fun. Right. And she's been taking care of this baby. So she has the scoop. Yeah. She has some serious dish. Yeah. And there's no TV. So there's I mean if you've got something to talk about you're going to tell people. So keep in mind most of these prostitutes have issues with drugs drinking stuff like that right Mm -hmm. right so a lot of these women would go to this one pub that we actually walked by on our tour oh yeah that was a different one yeah yeah and they would all drink together yeah (laughs) it's a very tiny pub yeah. Sam was, couldn't get into a I lot was, of these buildings. I was told it was basically like a hobbit hole and I would not be able to fit yeah. in. So so they would all go drink together. So could you imagine you have this scoop, this dish, and you go to the bar and you're hanging out with your girlfriends. Mm-hmm. You're going to tell them, right? Yeah. You won't believe what happened now today. It, now it's just between us, okay? Just between us girls. You're there. You're Mary Kelly. You're at the bar. You're with your girlfriends, Mary Nichols, Annie Chapman, 
Elizabeth Stride, and Catherine Eddowes. So here's the theory. Mary Kelly told this gossip to her four other girlfriends, Mm -hmm. and the royal family needed to protect this secret. Oh yeah, they couldn't have this going out. They could not have this going out. Oh. So they sent the physician to take care of the situation. Some of the proof, or the evidence, proof is a little strong, but the evidence mm. right. to back this is that Mary Kelly said to her boyfriend several times oh, yeah. that someone's after her. They're, yeah, I'm going to be next. Because mm-hmm. she starts that seeing... these women the pa- have died. Right. She, see, she starts seeing the pattern of all the people that are dying, and she starts going... I'm going to be next. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the boyfriend, isn't this where the boyfriend says, you're crazy, and eventually leaves, right? Yeah. And that leaves her all alone in her apartment. Yeah. So, that's one piece of evidence, is that she was sure someone was coming to get her. Right. And, ha- yeah. The other piece of evidence is after all of these women were killed, Annie Crook was institutionalized and lobotomized right so no one would believe her story even if even if she could somehow communicate it the other piece of evidence is that the royal family then and now continues to refuse to do a blood test for any of the lineage of that child right to prove that prince edward right did have a child. Right. So, our tour guide right. was friends with that child's son. Okay, wow. That was the connection that he had to the story. Oh, Was wow. his best friend's mother was the child of Annie Crook and Prince Albert Victor. Wow. It would only make it even better if they were cousins with Anastasia. <laughs> that's, the only, that's the only thing that can make this story better, because that's fascinating. So, then so, there's, there, there's more detail about the symbolism of having oh, yes. the throat cut, the, the way that these women were disemboweled. Yes, the whole ma- the part of this theory is the Masonic theory about how there's these uh, symbols in in the Masons with the um, now I'm trying to remember it all and I'm having trouble with it about it goes back to with the Masonic symbols with what these what these two guys in the beginning of building I think Solomon's Temple mm-hmm. and they was one kills the other one mm-hmm. and they have and then the have these symbols of like the uh, I'm blanking on it now, but the basically the the trade of a mason the the you the know, leather apron the leather apron which was found on one of the yes uh, the, right one of the one, one of the, of the bodies. one of the murder sites and oh yeah I to- how did I totally forget about this was the message that was written on the wall in blood in blood that I'm trying. Do you have that or am I going to try to... I don't have it. Okay, but it's something about the... And I'm not saying Jews. <laughs> it is... What is it? The Something like the Jews will be blamed... Will not be will, blamed Will not nothing. be named for nothing. They will not be blamed for nothing. This being an allusion to the... Basically being a sign of, Hey, I'm a Mason. Don't look into this. And the police chief erased the message right okay so that whole section was a little bit jumbled let's see if we can clarify it so the method with which Mm -hmm. these women are taken apart is a symbolic reference yes to freemasons right because frequently they're they're gutted and specific body parts are put Right on the shoulder. And spe- yeah, specific body parts or whatever. Displayed, so the way yeah. that they are disemboweled, the way that they are torn apart, is a symbolic reference to Freemasonry. 
then there's a message that says the Jews will not be blamed for nothing. Another reference to Freemasonry. Mm-hmm. Then when the police chief sees this message, he erases it. Yeah, Most people in positions of power at that time were Masons, yep. including the police chief. Right. So there is a theory that this message was sent to people in positions of power saying, this is a thing, don't look into it, right. signed the Masons. Right? Right. Also evidence that the royal family may have been behind this as a cover-up. Like, right. this is important. We're doing this for a reason. We're cleaning up a mess. Don't look into it. Exactly. Okay. And William Gull was the physician that, yeah. So that is one of the more fun, again, right. fun used right. very loosely. Yes, but... Queen Victoria's physician William Gull being the, the Masonic theory. Right. Okay, so next is Montague John Druitt, who I was very eager to talk about earlier. Okay, <laughs> so Montague John Druitt is a guy. He's just a, he's just a guy. Tell he's, me more. <laughs> he's a little bit crazy. He's very handsome. Mm-hmm. He comes from a lot of tragedy his mother's insane. She's institutionalized. His father committed suicide. His brother committed suicide. Every you know, after his death, his sister committed suicide. Mm-hmm. It, just a really tragic and very burdened man. Mm-hmm. He he his body was found in eighteen eighty eight. Oh. On December 31st, huh. he committed suicide by throwing himself in the river. Wow. So Which... that makes sense because the murders stopped very abruptly. Right. Which, yeah, which gives us the reason for why the murders would, would have stopped with him killing himself. Was the murderer died. And the, if I back up, just to fulfill our thing, why William the William Gull theory, the, the Queen's physician, the theory was why he, his murder stopped was because that was his list of people. Right. right? Okay, yeah. So William Gull, that was his list of people. Yeah, why would he continue going? The and... other thing about William Gull, though, like if we're sorry to backtrack, mm-hmm. but William Gull was 71. When right. the murders were taking place. Right. Reasons. And the year before, in 1887, he suffered a minor stroke. Mm-hmm. So was he really capable of it? Especially the the killing within 45 minutes. Yeah. Does he have the physical capacity to do that? And... The killing within 45 minutes really does speak to a murderer. Mm-hmm. You know, if he, if a murderer is interrupted and doesn't get to mutilate, if that's their thing and they right. want to that's mutilate what gets them somebody going. and they don't get to do it, then that makes sense that 45 minutes later you find somebody else who's even more savagely mutilated than the other murderers. Right. Right? They're Jones and Verse and Blood. Right. Right. And just cutting throat didn't cut it for him. Right. So why would the queen's physician do that? Like, you know, if it's part of a plan, then he would, he's on a schedule. That makes sense that there's like one a week. But it doesn't make sense why there would be two in one night. You know, like, yeah, Elizabeth Stride, you killed her. Like, you did it. You're on track to complete it, the task in the allotted right. time frame. Right. Right, unless we'd we'd have to know his personal schedule. Be like, you know what, I've got I've got to be out of town, <laughs> so I'm gonna have to double up on the murder. Right. Yeah. It. I just feel like if it if it was part of this whole plot with the royal family, the two murders in one night just doesn't make much sense. Right. You're taking you're gambling when really what you should be doing is hiding. Right. 
so that's the those are the issues with William Gull. Right. Um Okay, back to sorry, jumping around a lot, but back to Montague John Druitt. So he was found having committed suicide, and that makes sense as to why the murder stopped. Mm-hmm. Because when he was found, he had been in the river for a while. Ooh. So it makes sense that he may he may have been there for a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. So so the other the other thing is that after he died, his family came forward saying we were worried he was Jack the Ripper. Right. And we didn't say anything because we were a little scared. Right. So. If your own family <laughs> comes forward for no reason, like mm-hmm. there's no benefit to them saying that. Right. Like they. That doesn't look good. Yeah, they mean it. It's not like, you know, after the Unabomber was caught and somebody goes, hmm, I thought it was your uncle, but I guess it's Ted Kaczynski. <laughs> so, but yeah, and his, his occupation is a lawyer, right? If I'm remembering correctly. Yes. He's a lawyer, but he also has one year of medical medical school. And he had doctors in his family. Okay. So he had resources. So he, yeah. So he did have medical training. Some sources say he had medical training. Some sources say he didn't. Mm. Some sources say that he had medical training. Oh, so yeah, that's the that's my only. That argument. He had a year of medical medical school because he had doctors in his family. It was kind of expected he would be a doctor. He did a year of medical school and then he took a left turn and decided to be a lawyer. Mm. So, which I guess makes sense because all of his murders are terrible surgeries. <laughs> he did an awful job. This is obviously not a straight A student. I know you're joking, but <laughs> the thing is. They were really good surgeries. (laughs) That he knew exactly what he was going after. And he knew exactly how to dissect a body. (laughs) So we're saying his first first and only year of medical school had to cover... A lot. Right. (laughs) A lot. Yeah. Which I think is a little unrealistic. I think this person had more experience than that. Mm. But... See, you know. Then again, I know absolutely nothing about this case. <laughs> right. He very well, maybe he homeschooled and we don't know. I have no idea. So, okay. So, he had a year of medical school. Mm-hmm. He was very burdened with a lot of mental illness. Yeah. So, psychologically. A lot of depression. Yeah. A lot of possibly schizophrenia there was just a lot of stuff happening that was not really diagnosed in that mm-hmm. time so right it was just quote insane right um so and he's also well i think we talked about in our in our profile of what jack the ripper we think would be he is the good looking one he he's the unassuming one has a good income he's very handsome he's charming Yes. He's young. He's young. Yeah. He hasn't had a stroke. He's like 31. Some sources say he was 41. Some say that they're off by 10 years and he was actually only 31. Still very young. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can look up, if you look up his name, there's a, there's a, a photo or a drawing or something of him and he's handsome. Yeah. Um, Here's the problem. Um, He had no connection to Whitechapel, which is the area where this is all happening. Hmm. Some sources say that Whitechapel was on his way to visit his mother. Oh, yeah. But why would he be there at one in the morning? I mean, unless where he lived, and I really didn't look into this very much, but unless where he lived was far enough away... That on his way to visit his mother, maybe he stayed somewhere. Oh, makes sense. But yeah, it's just what you do sometimes. When you're visiting your mom, to and from, you know what? Maybe bang out a murderer or two. Kill a prostitute. And then, you know, head my way home. Yeah. Maybe swing by Starbucks. Yeah. You know. You know. Because I'm going to be busy next week. 
It's part of your routine. I gotta, you know, I gotta kill another so, prostitute on my way to mom's. But doesn't that make... If you're really gonna dig into a psychological profile here, mm-hmm. this man who has all of these family issues, who has all of these mental illnesses potentially has a very strange relationship with his Mm -hmm. mother who has many mental illnesses of her own probably and was not able to be a mother to him. And his father died, I think, when he was younger. So he probably has a lot of issues with his mom. Right. So I would assume it would be on his way home. He would go visit his mom. Mm -hmm. He would have a lot of problems mm-hmm. seeing her institutionalized and coming home he would need a coping mechanism and mm-hmm. unfortunately his coping mechanism was butchering a prostitute right right I, I didn't look up when the stress ball was invented but <laughs> this guy didn't have one he needed some medication and some talk therapy mm-hmm. um so the other issue is Inspector Aberline, who was the main investigator on the case, mm-hmm. played by Johnny Depp, in my mind, right? Um, was aware of this guy. After his body was found, um, he said there was no evidence to incriminate him. I'm aware of him. I'm aware of this theory, but... There's no evidence. Hmm. So the police already ruled him out. Yeah. And like the main investigator on this case kind of ruled him out. Right. Huh. So here's the thing. He makes the most logical sense. Yeah. But he's not as fun. No, he's probably the least fun, but the most logical. Oh, and then... When Aberline had retired and gone off to go live his life, he had been interviewed. Uh-huh. On, you know, okay, who do you really think it was? And he said something along the lines of, if you ever want to catch, or if you ever want to figure out who Jack the Ripper was, you have to look very high up. Right. Kind of insinuating. The, that royal, it was the royal family. family. You have to, or or was he just saying that Jack the Ripper was very tall? <laughs> you must look for someone who is six seven. So, okay. So, quick recap: We have Thomas Neil Cream mm-hmm. is option one. He's Thomas Neil Cream. I am Jack. Yes. Option two: We have William Gull. The Queen's, Queen's physician, physician who was executing a plot to silence the five prostitutes who are aware of this secret affair. Mm-hmm. And option number three is Montague John Druitt. He was the one who killed himself right after the murders were completed. He probably could have gone on to kill a bunch of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and his family thought he was Jack the Ripper. So, I'm not very familiar with the Anchor app. This is actually my first podcast ever. Oh, welcome. Although I, I am a, a, a listener. I'm a very dedicated listener. So, <laughs> well, thank you for listening. Oh, of course. Um, big fan. I'm a big fan of yours. <laughs> I have a little crush on you. <laughs> um, You're too kind. Yeah. So, I'm not very familiar with the Anchor app, but I think there's a way to message us yes there is if you have the anchor app there is a message option on there that you can actually record your voice on there and say hey this is who i think jack the ripper is so please please i'm so curious to hear what you think let us know if you think it is number one thomas neil cream number two william gull number three montague john Druitt, or if you have a completely different theory. Oscar Wilde. <laughs> but we, again, a lot of this information may be completely incorrect. Mm-hmm. We know nothing. <laughs> we just think it's interesting. We're simple people who took a tour. You know, we're just, we just think it's really fascinating. Yeah. So please take all of this with a grain of salt. And uh, do some research if you feel so inclined and let us know what you think. Because 
I am fascinated by stuff like this. And please yeah. let us know if you like this style of podcast, if you want Sam to talk about more murder mysteries. <laughs> Um, yeah, you can either do that through the message app or, or the the story is Facebook page, which many people have liked at this point. So whichever um, method you'd like to communicate with us, either through Anchor or the Facebook page, the story is, you can let us know your theories. And with the Anchor app, we can use the audio and maybe we'll uh, play it in a future episode. I want to thank my wife uh, for doing this podcast with me. Thank you, Katie. And thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next time.